Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. I don't know what it was we'd smoked, but I uh, just wanted to start off by saying that we had such a good weed experience last week that you said <laughs> that you needed to go home and get vertical. Yeah. <laughs> I meant horizontal. Like I needed to close my eyes and go to bed. Yeah. And I just thought it was so fantastic that the world was so topsy-turvy one way up, one way down that you were like, man, I really need to go home and get vertical. I feel crazy. <laughs> I brought a picture of it. Oh, no. Oh, that's so crazy that you that's chose me. that picture. I think that's a oh that's that's so interesting. Uh, there's a there's a context to that image that I'm sure you don't know about. Tommy Cash, who was infiltrating fa my TikTok is all Fashion Week right now wow. because it just happened. But this is from um one or two Fashion Weeks ago. Tommy Cash was doing things like this at like the B Balenciaga. Okay, say more about that real quick. Well, that's I mean he did this. He did a handful of other ones. But when I was so stoned that I was like I need to go home and get vertical, <laughs> I immediately thought of this image. <laughs> Which, for anyone who wants to tune into our YouTube, is a person uh, crossing a street fully in bed while upright but asleep in bed with sheets and a pillow. I don't know what we smoked. I, that, I'm so high I can't remember what we smoked, <laughs> but it, 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 it did a number on Maybe me. Maybe a some, sleep number Some on of me. this delicious farm cut. 36. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, there's also a, kind of a, like a, a different context to the origins of that image that I know that is definitely going to put a weird dark spin on the top of this pod. That, that's what we do here at Weed and Grub. There was a, a protest by a woman who who was raped on campus in one of the New York universities, and she protested her um, sexual assault or not being kicked out of school by wearing her mattress to class. And it was like a very famous protest uh, that preceded Me Too, I believe. Her, I think her name was Emma. I can't remember her name. We'll maybe drop it in the show notes. But like preceding Fashion Week, preceding that image, there was a woman who wore her mattress to school because wow. she was like, I was raped and the school's not doing anything about it. That is a striking image and also yeah. a very dark fucked up thing to have happened to anyone but also that's some good art on in response to something horrific fucking great art she was an art student and it was just so interesting that then that would make its way into fashion week to have it be like oh that's a, no you know, you're drawing a parallel that i don't think i absolutely is, believe that they saw that and they took it i don't think so you don't no i know so because okay. because he's not he's a um tommy cash my understanding is a anarchist <laughs> pot stirring um, disruptor. Yeah. And I don't think that putting a mattress on your back is also an original idea. No, no, no. So for sure. the fact that he's doing it and this other woman did it before then are two separate things that you're drawing a connection between because you've seen both of them. I am drawing a connection between them, though, because I mean, that's how it works, right? Is that like my mind when I saw this immediately jumped to her. And then also this crazy, amazing piece of uh, theater that I called called Chapang that I saw called Chapang. That was another piece about sexual assaults in South Africa. So like seeing this piece, you're like, it's from Fashion Week and it's about Balenciaga. My mind immediately goes shing, 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 to the sexual assault protests that I've seen involving wearing a mattress. And mine goes to Demna's mom walking out to start one of his final Balenciaga runway shows before he moves on, potentially. And isn't that 
that's so interesting. Like, that's the difference between your lived experience of walking around as a dude and my lived experience of walking around as a woman. Yeah, well, what up, Mary Jane? <laughs> How's it going, Mike? Good. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out. And uh, the difference between the sexes. A, a, yeah, a collusion be- <laughs> or a collision between the two. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, it does sometimes make me uncomfortable when I'm like, look at this funny, cool thing from Fashion Week that I care about. And you're like, actually, Kent State is a place that like these fucked up things happen and then right. i'm like yes both things can be true also um my my interest in in fashion week and somebody like tommy cash and my stone stuff it does sometimes make me uncomfortable that it immediately leaps to sexual assault and rape um protests and the art that comes from that i'm so glad that we're actually thank you to anyone listening to our podcast to listen to us dig into this for a second though because you and i went for a fucking delicious dinner just a couple of nights ago shout out pura vita vegan italian food on santa monica here in los angeles oh my god i didn't know that vegan italian existed now i'm obsessed yeah and we were talking about like that whole idea that like you, you, you know, the idea of wanting life to be just a chill fucking hang. And the more that you develop as a human being, you realize that it truly isn't, nor can it be. And it doesn't mean that we're not always attempting to chase that great feeling of like perfect contentment and peace, but there is always something around it, behind it, next to it. And so I think that like that's part of our dynamic is that like you're like looking for a lot of the sort of like the the the, the smooth parts where you're like, I feel comfortable here. I'm an entertainer. And I also comedian. am a fucking entertainer though, but I'm an actor right and so i look i look for like the the jagged sharp edges more often than not while you're looking for the like bubbly light brightness yes exactly i don't actually i don't watch nailed it for nicole byer to be like you know speaking her mind about palestine but that's different and i think that's a that's a disingenuous um link that you're trying to make because we're looking at something that like for fashion week for instance someone crossing a crosswalk with a bed strapped to their back you cannot look at the image of anyone with a bed strapped to their back and not immediately understand the all of the fucking pieces that you can draw from that image having to do with sex and burdens and sexual assault and like what you are you know chained to with your bed whether or not it's actual sexuality but maybe it's about depression or anxiety or safety or being a a fucking, you know, a hotel worker who has to change a million of these in order to pay your fucking grocery bills, whatever it is. You cannot look at that one image and be like, what a good time. Like this- you can't. I can't. I can. But I'm because saying- that's the difference. If you remember, <laughs> if you remember, I don't know, maybe two months ago now, we started talking about what the heck is the movie with the bugs in the ghetto? <laughs> I don't know. It's a sci-fi movie. And you were like, oh, oh that District movie about... Nine. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, the sci-fi movie. And you were oh like, God. no, the movie about apartheid. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. It's the one where they like shoot the bugs and there's a whole invasion. It's the like crazy. breaking movie about fucking racial and injustice. the fucking difference between us is District 9 to me was a sci-fi thriller that had great action sequences. And mm-hmm. you are right. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? What a great way to start this episode. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's get to plugs. But in a second, because like I do, I, I to put a button on this, a, um, I, that is why I love things like Fashion Week and um, and and can like get deep into the clothing game, especially right now. The new Rick Owens collection is incredible. Yeah. But I think you might look at it and you might be like, oh, this whole thing is about climate change and the apocalypse coming and how yeah. awful the world is. And I'm like, yeah, but those shoulder pads on that jacket are also really but cool. But that's the fucking crazy cool thing about fashion is the greatest designers are always saying something about the world. Vivian Westwood was saying everything about punk, punk culture and fuck the monarchy and fuck everything everyone who's in charge and fuck authority and fuck the establishment like Vivian Westwood, Alexander McQueen, all the like my favorite British designers were all saying 
fuck it, fuck everything. And your favorite American designers, I think, are saying much of the same, like on different levels. But with it's it's usually an Maybe, anger but it doesn't or an interest me. I just like the coolness of the clothes. Okay. And so I don't know, like it's not that deep for me. Cool. Um, but does that does that bring you joy? Yeah, it brings me absolute joy to read something into, to draw conclusions from a beautiful image that means more than the thing that I'm looking at. That's looking at art and appreciating it as someone who is excited by it. And it tells me a fucking story. If I'm just like, oh, I just like the way that skirt hangs, that's much less interesting to me than saying like, oh, the way that skirt hangs actually has to do something with this particular architectural detail in this building that this person is saying should be torn down because it was put up in a neighborhood and gentrified this fucking ghetto. And that is their... Um, homage to the fact that this whole fucking system sucks. Yeah. You know? I do know. So I know through your eyes. I don't know myself. <laughs> but you do, because you do get mad at stuff all the time. Yeah. I mean, and we will get to that in the second half. But the things that I get mad at, I feel like are a lot more, well, that's not fair either. I think we're di we're different deep. We're deep in different ways. Like when when I smoke a bunch of weed and watch a horror movie, mm -hmm. I can like think of all the metaphors that that horror movie is talking about. But also a lot of them are so like on the, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling now because you've got me twisted in the wind a bit because like, I guess I'm, I like to be deep, but th if deepness comes at the price of my own joy because of the pain that I'm feeling from it, then I'd much rather just avoid that. Okay. What an amazing way to come around to that. Like you're not necessarily interested in feeling the pain that is associated with that measure of joy. 100%. Which is the definition of grief, like the amount of grief that you feel directly reflects the measure of joy that that thing that you have lost gave you. Say it again. The, the grief that you feel reflects the amount of joy that the thing you have lost gave you. So like if you love something incredibly, you're going to feel an immense amount of pain when it is gone. Right. Like so when grief, I can't watch Norm McDonald's last Netflix special. Exactly. I just can't watch it. Because it causes you grief because you miss him and yep. he gave you joy. Yep. So like grief is the measure, the literal, like the dipstick into the well of pain that measures how much joy you felt when you experienced that thing when you had it. Okay. That's interesting. So you're not necessarily willing to put your dipstick in to feel the measure of pain in order to reflect the happiness. You're just like, I just want it all to be I keep my dipstick cool. shallow. <laughs> I keep a Mike. shallow dipstick. Shallow dipstick laser. <laughs> yeah. I keep a very shallow dipstick <laughs> and I just walk around. <laughs> I think that's absolutely accurate. Fantastic. And that's also why I'm probably not a good actor. And probably why you are a good actor, because you have a you have a long, deep dipstick. I have a big old dipstick, man. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Sometimes I just drop it into the tank and it just floats around in there. And then I have to dive in uh -huh. and get it back. And those are the days that when you just don't see me. <laughs> right. I'm like in the tank with the dipstick. With the dipstick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pulling each other down. Yep. Well, I, I don't know, man. Like, I guess that's a, why we do this pod, right? I mean, it's part of it. Part of it is just we like hanging out and having a good time and talking about food and weed. So you want to get to some of that? God, yeah. I'm <laughs> dying over here. Fucking dying. <laughs> Breaking out into a cold sweat with this spicy up top. Oh, God. I've never needed to smoke more in my life. Mike puts one picture of someone in a mattress on the fucking backdrop. And I'm like, listen, about <laughs> sexual assault and art. And grief. Well, You're like, oh my God, oh my please God. stop. Remember when you were like, when we did a walk and talk before this and we were like, oh, that'll be a funny thing to start <laughs> with. <laughs> you remember when that happened an hour ago, Mary Jane? I do. That's why I love what, like being flexible with you too, Mike. Like it's so, 
I mean, listen, for anyone who's new to this podcast, truly, we love a, a, a loosey-goosey-moosey hang where we truly get into a bunch of stuff. It is also what I truly love about like our dynamic that y- y- you you really hear us wherever we are in our in our relationship in our like budship, because like some days we're you know totally on the same page and we're just having a great time, and some days we're coming from different places. Like obviously today, we always map out an idea of what's going to happen. The we don't really know. Yeah. Uh, this is a good place for plugs because maybe your show and your Substack is also on your mind right now. Do you want to oh. do plugs real quick? Sure. Okay. Segway King. Hey, I'm just trying to get the <laughs> fuck out of this. <laughs> um, my first ever My Sandwich My Choice live show happened in Venice last Thursday night. Thanks to V and the whole crew at Little Lunch Cafe. Please go check out Little Lunch. They are an amazing spot with great uh, food and drinks and they support fucking cool community initiatives and they gave us the space to do the first ever My Sandwich My Choice show. Stacked lineup, amazing sandwiches from our friend Michael Walker over at Comfy Pup LA. Thanks to Mike for showing up. Thank you so much for like running interference with toast and guests and comics and everything. And um, thank you to the comics. Uh, Jenny Zagrino, Leah Knauer, Amanda G. Savage, Ali Lou. It was just like a fucking fun night. Standing room only. We ran out of sandwiches. It felt really cool to do it. I hope there are more to come. And Oh, my thanks, Mike. <laughs> my Substack is uh, anyone can sign up for it for free. I'm sharing it weekly on Substack under My Sandwich, My Choice. And there are recipes and recommendations and videos and um, yeah, just fun stuff. I'm still learning about um, when to publish it. I think it's now going to come out on Fridays. Fridays. Yeah. Cool. I look forward to reading it every Friday then. Oh, thanks, Mike. Um, you can check me out at the Comedy Store the day this drops on Wednesday. Got a great Glazers after party. Willie Simon, Blair Sokey, Matt Lockwood, a surprise guest, Eric Friedman. I cannot wait. That's at the Comedy Store. And then on Friday, the 13th, Spooky Ookie, uh, I'm doing a bangers only at the Hollywood Improv. <laughs> Another sick lineup. Um, I'll probably post that in the next day or two. But if you're in L.A., uh, come to the comedy store or come to the improv. I'll be giving away a lot of stuff <laughs> because I am flush with stuff right now and I'd like to share it with the community. Fabulous. Lastly, please vote for us. This is the last week to vote for the MJs. We've been nominated for Ca- Cannabis Podcast of the Year. Go to the MJs website, go to the show description, go to our Instagram, click the link, vote for us at the MJs. We deserve to. We are <laughs> the best cannabis podcast out here and we deserve to win, God damn it! It was such an incredible feeling when you guys got us nominated for Best Cannabis Podcast of the Year. If we won, we could do so much with it. We could get Snoop Dogg and Seth Rogen and Melissa Etheridge and Sarah Silverman all to sit down with us all at the same time. Um, please go. Yeah, in a round table? Yeah, wouldn't that would be, be a great? fucking great hazy round table. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, if you don't mind taking just a couple minutes, hit the link in our show notes and go vote for us so we can walk that red carpet as winner, winner chicken dinners. Yeah, thank you, buds, for voting. Thank you. Uh, what's next on our list here? Oh, well, we, because uh, producer Mark turned us on to the fact that we were getting it wrong about maple syrup i've brought some maple syrup in to do a on podcast taste test what do you mean <clears throat> oh that's right because i thought that the darker the syrup yeah. the higher the grade we both thought this and yeah. i was also wrong which is embarrassing because i'm canadian i should know better you should know better about syrups yeah. mark though producer mark knows the most it seems well he, he is from upstate new york so he does know everything there is to know about is that a syrup capital yeah, it is it's very yeah like that whole don't throw of- your hands up like i know all about <laughs> syrup i didn't even know the dark meant bad well, the, the, the like Northeast sort of, you know, Quebec, Vermont, upstate New York, that whole area, anywhere that you can go leaf peeping. 
Leaf peeping. You can go leaf peeping in the fall and mm. see the foliage change. You might see some people drinking pumpkin spice lattes, not me, but some people out there might be wearing scarves and, you know, big sweaters and leaf peeping. You would also, that would be your maple syrup territory. Cool. And so I've brought in this little maple syrup grading sampler that I was actually sent by the University of Vermont back when I did that media fellowship. We got a little welcome package from uh, the University of Vermont, and I got a mug and a t-shirt and this maple syrup sampler. And I was like, oh, I could actually just bring that in. We could do an on-pod tasting to see- I would love to. How we were wrong about the dark color being the best. So- so real quick, I pulled up this chart here, making the grade um, and grade C commercial, yeah. that dark syrup is um, is at the bottom. Right. And then um, it's like got a strong flavor grade. Oh, I'm sorry. This is previous. There's a new grading system in the maple community. Breaking, breaking news. <laughs> there is a new maple grading system. Big news. Big news. <laughs> Everyone pull over and get a load woo, of this. Woo. You know, wherever you are, just stop in your tracks. Uh, grade A, very dark and strong. Uh, grade A, up, dark and robust color. Grade A, amber color with rich flavor. And then grade A, golden color with delicate flavor. Okay, so, so what's a little that, fucking insane about this to me is that it's all grade A. Like, what goddamn insane yeah. system is this where all of the they grades are They got maple on the brain. But they got maple brains. If you're going into a restaurant and you're like, you know, giving it a pass fail, like they, they went to the letter grading system when I lived in New York and it was right. like, you know, you only really want to go to an A, maybe a B in a pinch, never go in a C. I think you're shut down if you're a D. I think we, producer Mark is right. It's big maple big lobbying maple. for all grade A across the board. But it doesn't even make sense. So th these, so we have a sampler here and it's, it's true on the box. It says they are all grade A. This and the, is crazy. this is golden color, delicate taste, delicate maple bouquet. This is the second one here is amber color, rich taste, um, pronounced maple bouquet. We'll see. We'll see about that. And then the third is dark color, robust, and a robust bouquet. So, so all grade A though. What this is fuck? some participation trophy bullshit. This is some stoner fucking nonsense. <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> this is like, oh no, they're all grade A. Whatever you like is the best. And yeah. it's like, no, no, no. I want the best. You don't put blue label Johnny Walker next to some like pop off vodka and call them both alcohol. That's right. Give me a break. That's right. You don't put beluga caviar next to some like weird janky ass shad row and be like, it's all fish eggs. <laughs> yeah. If it pops in your mouth, then it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I it's mean, not. I would actually prefer the shad row, but oh my god, <laughs> can't oh be mad. You god. can't be mad at that. Okay, okay so I'm what going, are you going? You're going light. I'm gonna go delicate first. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna hit this golden color delicate taste. Mark thinks you should have gone the other way. Oh shit. Okay, I gotta start. I gotta start. At, I'm <laughs> Mark. Okay, I'm starting at the other end. I'm starting at the robust, dark color He's robust a real taste. Maple dictator. This guy. A maple dictator. All right. Mm. Okay. Give me a shot. Fucking delicious. Put that on a breakfast pancake. Put it in. It, this darker mm. one smells like my my Aunt Jemima, my log cabin. This smells like my childhood. Okay. It smells to me like um, there was that crazy yes. thing where all of New York smelled like maple syrup it's for a minute. It's caramelly. It's viscous. It has like a good mouth coat to it. This. Oh, and the aftertaste is weirdly artificial. This is my favorite because this is all I've ever known. That's interesting. <laughs> I do like that. Like that screams Holiday Inn Continental Breakfast with some sad people in slippers. Okay. You know, wet eggs, toast that burns even though it's only been in there for 30 seconds. Okay. Yogurt that has been, has an expiration date from 2021. Here's your next. This is the medium. Yep. I'm not different even, nose. I'm not even going to use words for it because you're just on a roll. 
viscous. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I definitely prefer this over the other one. Okay. More caramelly, but less burnt. More sugary without like a mouth coat that just like sits there and hangs in okay. your mouth like a weird cocoon over your tongue. And it smells lighter. It doesn't smell weird. It doesn't smell as uh, much of a sad retirement home vibe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not as much as like a hotel conference room, fucking wet eggs in a pan vibe. Exactly. Oh, Somewhere... you know what's the saddest about those breakfasts for me, in addition to the smell and the wet eggs, is the, the wrinkled sausages. Yeah. You know, when you get those tiny little sad wrinkled sausages and they're kind of square on the ends. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the old person's legs next to you. Yeah. 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 Or someone's old D. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so fucking different. I just met, met, made eye contact with Mark, and I'm, I am having an actual fucking moment. That is not what I expected. What is that? That is what is so this? different from any maple syrup I've this ever isn't tasted. Maple syrup, in my opinion. Holy zingerific! Zinga zanga ding dong. It's this ne- is wild. It is so different. It's got like a brightness, like almost like a an acidity to it. Like a, a, a there's a zing in there. Also, is there a bee in there? What is that? Oh, whoops! What is that? <laughs> <laughs> there's an actual creature in there too. Oh, there is a creature in here. Maybe that's why there's a zing. Here, hand it over. <laughs> is the zing from the wasp inside? Is the zing it? from this dead thing inside? No, I don't think that's a creature. I think it's just a skin. Okay. okay anyway, we're gonna move way. on from that. That is. Um, it, it almost tastes like it has like a hit of white vinegar in there or something. Like it's really acidic. <laughs> Might be the dead moth. <laughs> I don't know. Could be the dead moth. <laughs> Typical weed and grub moment. <laughs> oh, it's both. Oh, it's both. It's the fermented dead moth. Noma style. Renee Redzepi would be so pleased. Oh, every every gallon of our rich maple syrup we add. Fermented with moth and tinny. <laughs> Do you taste that that lingering shock on the tongue? Mm. That's the decomposing moth that we put in each bottle. A little ode to moth leg. <laughs> okay. It's still delicious. <laughs> Grade A golden color with delicate flavor plus moth aroma is. Um, oh my god! It truly is different, though. It is different. I don't like it. If I'm going to be honest, and is it's it not like of the moth. I don't think it is. I've had enough bugs in my mouth to know that that's not it. Mm-hmm. It is just not maple syrup to me. That tastes so unlike. If I put that on waffles and gave it to you, you'd be like, "Oh, what'd you put on here?" But can't you imagine that as like a really high end, beautiful, sweet? zing on like a fresh yogurt salad with you know like if you put that with some like labna and jalapenos and sliced cucumbers see the midwestern in me is like load up those waffle pockets with as much syrup as possible and you're like That's, oh you no this, this is this an one. accent piece to yeah. uh, to a dish you need less mm. this like also you could like use this maybe in place of honey if you were going to make like a it does have a know, more honey like a mediterranean you know um baklava you know, yeah, interesting. Maybe, maybe. I no. I, I I don't think you're reaching. I think you're right. Like that is a delicious note. Yes. And to me, waffles or pancakes, it's all about the syrup. It's about a gallon of sugar on your plate that is solidifying as mm-hmm. the butter melts. That I think would be way overpowering and way too much and not sweet enough for my basic maple syrup needs. Mm-hmm. But that also isn't why I drink Johnny Walker Blue every time I go out. You, you know really what I'm do? saying? No, I'm saying I don't. Oh. Like, I I don't because it's like, oh, that's a once in a while treat that if I uh-huh. drink it all the time, I'd be like, I can't. This is disgusting. I don't know about this. You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Interesting. So which is your favorite then? Getting our palates jumping. Um, 
I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of partial to the the moth flavored one because of the that really surprising zing to it, like the acidity, the sort of like little bite that it had at the end. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but they're all fucking delicious. All grade A, obviously. <laughs> fucking annoying. Fuck off. I'm gonna go. Um, this one is my favorite. I'm yeah. I like the lighter ones okay. overall. Yeah. Mine's the middle. Okay. I think the far end, which would be like your basic grocery store syrup. Having tasted the middle without that artificialness in it, mm -hmm. um, it's the difference to me between like a um, like a rail alcohol and then like a level up like a gray goose. Like that, to me, that middle one's the gray goose of syrup because it's a little cleaner, a little bit smoother finish, a little less linger. Okay. Um, and it tastes the most like syrup. And the moth is <laughs> uh, my least favorite. It's <laughs> just fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, great. Okay. Well, um, I'm we, glad we've assessed all of that. We have another debate to do before we um, take a break here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. So I went Dude, on Twitter. Up top. Everyone's still recovering from the fucking rape mattress. So. Yeah. <laughs> People either skip to header or turn this one off. <laughs> there is no in between. You're so spicy about it. Okay, let's go. Um, I just went on Twitter and I was stoned one night on this great stuff from Humboldt. It's low THC. I really love it. Um, we'll talk more about that another time. Sorry. Um, and I made a Twitter poll. Wait, no, you can't just say we're going to talk about it another time. Sorry. What well, are you talking I don't, about? Well, because I don't want to like, <clears throat> we're working on something for Humboldt. Yeah, and this, this is weed is weed from Humboldt and Grub Podcast. I know. And you just mentioned weed, and that said you won't, you don't want to talk well, about this it. This is just because I want to have all the information, and I want to oh. be able to like plug it correctly because they did win first place at Canifest. Super low THC percentage. I can smoke it all day, feel a little bit high, but still in the pocket. What is the percentage? Sixteen um, percent. Okay, and it beat all this indoor flower mm -hmm. that is, you know, juiced up to the gills at thirty-eight, forty percent. Dot dot dot. You know, terp this, terp that, but just some good old sun-grown from Humboldt County mm -hmm. took the fucking crown over all of it. And so I'm really in the pocket with this stuff, and I love it a lot. And it's like dark purple and dark black. Mm -hmm. So um, more on Humboldt to come. Um, and because I don't have that guy's name in front of me, I, I'm, I can't give a proper shout out the way I'd love to. But you visited, you went up to Humboldt and you spent a couple of days up there and you're going to come to us with like more info about all of it soon. Yeah, I'm actually, um, I've been talking to Rolling Stone and I'm actually becoming their lead cannabis reporter mm -hmm. for Humboldt. They're sending me a hat, a little detective hat mm -hmm. and a notepad, a tiny notepad and some pens that I can carry around and flip and jot down. Okay. Uh, and so I'm really looking forward to that. You think that's what you get when you start working for Rolling Stone is a hat and a notepad with some pens? <laughs> yeah, that's my understanding. <laughs> okay. And the pens, you have to like lick them before you write each time to make sure they work. Is mm -hmm. that's At least that's what I'm thinking is about to happen. Cool. Good luck. Thanks so much. Where, did you get your hat? You'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never know what I got. Did you? I, I've never seen you wear your reporter hat. Yeah, it's I, I have reporter things that I wear, but they're undergarments. They're special secret undergarments that oh, only yeah wires. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I went on Twitter and um, I did a poll, and it was a whopping yes. Ninety five percent of the people who voted said yes. Is French onion soup soup? Okay. Wait, the vote, the, the question was, is it yes or no soup? Yes. And everyone was like, yes. But the comments, the two people that commented on it said no with pretty accurate reasons why it's a no. Okay. And so I just wanted to bring it up here and see what you think and then tell you <laughs> what I think. And then okay. maybe you tell me what you think and so on. Okay. And then we'll just go back and forth like that. Yeah, and for get a into bit. yet another fight. Probably. <laughs> you know what this French onion soup reminds me of? Rape. <laughs> Sorry for anyone who's, I am actually, 
I'm never, ever fucking joking about sexual assault, but like, obviously that is part of our vibe right here. Like as of late, especially because of the, all of the sandwiches that I'm making that are largely to do with sexism and misogyny, feminism and reproductive rights. So it is fun to like, just say that and laugh about it. And you're making a real impact. Obviously it's never a fucking laughing matter. And so, you know, yes. Also, thank you for just allowing me to say that. Is French onion soup soup to you? Well, it depends on the context. (laughs) Where and when am I eating it? What am I wearing? Who am I eating it with? What country am I in? Did I order it? Is it was it paid for by me? (laughs) Is someone forcing me to eat it? (laughs) How hot is the cheese? Is it hot enough to burn me? (laughs) It fucking depends, Mike. The context of the fucking dish depends. No, it's soup. It's soup. It's not yeah, soup. Yeah, it's fucking soup. No, it's not. Of course it's soup. It's in the name. Yeah. It's not called French onion bowl of hot cheese and onions with bread in it. But I think that was the argument that people made, and I stand by that is now my argument as well. Oh. That you wouldn't just order a bowl of that, those onions in a broth. It's all about the bread on the bottom and the cheese on top. Oh Therefore, my, my guess hmm. is that it's in the universe of pizza. It's in the expanded universe of pizza okay. because you've got bread on the bottom, that Pura Vida, um, we got that pizza at Pura oh, Vida. Yeah, that Italian had, joint. And, and it had uh, roasted caramelized onions as the sauce because it was a sweet sauce with a salty top. So good. So in my case, this middle would be that sauce and then the top is cheese. I think this is in the expanded universe of pizza and it is actually not a soup at all. Borderline stew, but it's all about the cheese and bread. Therefore, soup is out of pocket. So you think French onion soup is actually pizza with a, with a wet base? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which reminds me of years ago when we started this podcast and we had an argument about how you were saying that everything was a sandwich. Yeah. And we went through a bunch of stuff. And I think the one where you convinced me, I was like, fucking nachos. And you said shattered sandwich. And shattered I was like, sandwich. okay, I'm with you on this. Yeah. So now you've moved on to everything is pizza is what you're saying? This is pizza. It could, of course, be a sandwich because bread on the bottom and cheese on top. It could be an open face onion wet cheese sandwich? and onion wet sandwich an open-faced onion and wet sandwich uh-huh. yeah of course it could but to me it screams pizza because of the melted cheese and the cheese pull factor uh, what i will say is that french onion soup absolutely exists without the cheese though there's an onion soup that you can buy in a can i think campbell's soup makes a version of it where it's french onion soup and it doesn't it's just a can of onion soup is it called french onion soup though still i don't know producer mark can you help us out oh he's also positing this this could be a casserole i don't think so because casseroles are square what are you talking about casseroles are square a casserole goes in a square or rectangular dish at all times 100 percent be oval casserole is all about right angles have you never seen a round fucking shepherd's pie that's a pot pie yeah, which is a casserole. No, it's not. Oh, oh my god! Oh, <laughs> are okay. you out of your mind? Now a we're pot look, pie now is we're not a casserole. A pot pie. A pie. Pies are circular, not square. Cake is square. Pies are circular. A pot pie is, is often a savory circular, pie. You absolutely insane lunatic. Yes. Weddings only. All the time on the box of every cake mix. That shit's circular. All right, listen, we're getting too far off topic. French onion soup exists without the cheese. In can form. Let's look it up. From a place like, I'm going to say Campbell's. I'm going to say Progresso. I'm going to say any other soup thing that I can't think of the name of 
Maybe you want to look it up oh, on your phone. Well, Mark's looking it up too, because the other thing that somebody posited mm -hmm. was that it's not even French. Okay. And so I thought this whole thing just seems like a big fall well, autumn will, lie. It's a I, big autumn as, lie. As someone who lived in France, I will tell you that in in France, when you order it, it's soup à l'oignon, which is onion soup. Oh. So kind so it's of- it's just onion soup. It's, right. So maybe it is French it, then. It is. Yeah, absolutely. That's I think it's a traditionally a French um, recipe. Gets its name from France. Yeah. Yes. After making its debut in the 18th century, it has become a national treasure during ancient times and still today. Oh, God, fucking Wikipedia. But yes, onions were easy to grow and relatively available. And then I think just with a meat stock and then you throw that bread in there, it's a hearty dinner for any any farmer coming in from the fields. And then if you have some hot cheese to throw on the top. Would you order it without the cheese? Absolutely not. That's why I don't think it's like it's a real. It's not. It's. It's the cheese. And I think okay. that's the focal point. Like you can have the it most about the unctuous, cheese. beefy, brothy, warm slurp of your life. Mm. But it's about that cheese. And it's about yeah. that soggy fucking bread, which but is why it's not a soup to me. This is the thing, though, is like if you're really going to eat a French onion soup, I think correctly, you're going to like take several mouthfuls of like the cheese with the little bit of bread and the soup and then once you break through it all you're going to slurp up the soup like you're going to finish it all at the same time yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not just ordering it just to eat the cheese like there are pizzas that i would order just to eat the toppings i yes i i guess we're saying the same thing though like i wouldn't order it without the cheese and you're mm -hmm. saying the cheese makes it yeah great so we're saying the same thing we're saying the same thing but you oh do my God, we think agree it's soup on something yeah. i think it's soup okay interesting yes i'd be curious what other people think on this i'm also about to go home and do a, an experiment with a lot of onions because i marinated a ton of onions for the grilled cheese sandwich that we served at the live show a la nancy silverton's amazing recipe for classic grilled cheese with marinated onions and I made so many onions. I filled up an entire one of those huge like restaurant fucking, you know, plastic Ooh, like three nice. liter tubs with it. Well, I have about a liter of marinated onions left over and I don't know what to do with it. So I have also a rotisserie chicken that I um, bought at Costco the other day ill-advisedly because I live by myself and Archie and I are only two people. We can't eat a whole eight pound rotisserie chicken by ourselves. So tonight I'm going to saute a bunch of garlic. I'm going to saute the three pounds of mushrooms that I also bought. I'm going to throw those marinated onions in with a bunch of broth, rip up some of the rotisserie chicken, dump in a bunch of kale and maybe some beans. I'm going to make it into a soup. I will report back if I am still alive after I've eaten it. And I, I feel like it will, be an, great. it will be an a very oniony soup. Yeah. Also delicious sounding. That sounds maybe great. Maybe disgusting. I don't know. It's like you can't really mess up a chili. You can't really mess up a stew. I if feel everything's like... cooked through and you had enough salt and stock, I think you're good. It and some might herbs. turn me into one walking human fart. Oh, really? In which case, I mean, I'm not going to see you for a few I days after this. I farted so bad today that my back cracked, Mary Jane. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's so good. Oh man, I was. Were you, where were you? What happened? I was like, you know, doing my thing in my room. You my, were at home. Yeah, I was at home. It was okay. like my morning session, as we'll call it. Not to get too much more graphic. Oh my god, were but, you jerking off? No, <laughs> that's not a that's not a morning thing. <laughs> okay. And and I just farted so bad, and I go, huh? and then my back goes, <laughs> and my back. Cracked. Amazing. It's such a good feeling. It's such a good feeling. Sometimes I fart so loudly that it scares Archie and I'm always just <laughs> delighted by it. <laughs> living alone, living alone. Yeah. Except that my neighbor, I think I'm 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 the naked neighbor, certainly. Oh. But right now, my neighbor across the way, I think I have a direct sight into his bathroom. Okay. So it's usually cracked a bit and the 
glasses tempered in fog. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) But right now, it's always open when he's gone, and his orange cat meows, 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 meows in the um, in the window, looking for him down below. And I'm just like walking around, like farting and scratching across the way. (laughs) And like I look at him, like, "Hey, be quiet!" And he goes meow like Uh. that. And so, um, you know, I I don't know what to do. But if anyone has any suggestions for how to get a cat to shut up. I wouldn't mind it. I don't know how you, it was related to you being naked and farting. Wait, what happened to your neighbors who used to bang all the time? Did they leave? They moved out. <clears throat> um, okay. Now I have a, a lovely lesbian couple underneath me okay. who are very quiet. Less vocally loud. Less banging. vocally loud. Okay. Yeah, I think those two, I think they just did a lot of coke. Also, he was like the merch manager for some crazy popular band that I don't really know the music of so called Something Hippies. Okay. Um. Fuck, I wish I knew the name. I think it's techno of some kind. Um, yeah, I think they just did a lot of coke and banged for OnlyFans. Okay. And, and now they're gone. Maybe they moved it. Maybe they bought a house from it. Who knows? You know? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Um, well, speaking of buying houses, you yeah. want to hear from our sponsors? <laughs> yeah, we should have. Damn it. Because we should have done that on that really funny fart joke. And especially because it's our first one is scent air. So if you <clears throat> fart so bad that your back cracks, enjoy this ad. Yeah. You know what one of my favorite things about your house is? What? It always smells so good. Aw, thanks. Yeah, mine is always like, oh, what is that? <laughs> Old chicken mixed with kimchi and arugula? Yum, yum, yum. Weird your cream place, cheese? <laughs> yeah, your place smells so good. I love a swirl of smells, but sometimes one in particular can be overwhelming. You know the one. Yeah, Archie's farts. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty loud, but... So is my stash box. And now I have something that removes lingering odors. Scent Air's new cannabis neutralizer eliminates cannabis odors at the molecular level. Scent Air's patented odor neutralizing technology detects molecules that make stinky smells in the air, bonds with them, and then makes them undetectable. The cannabis neutralizer leaves my space feeling fresh. It has notes of white tea, light fruits, and subtle amber. If you walk into Mary Jane's place, you're going to be like, is that... Subtle amber. So subtle. It's so good, though. It does really <laughs> smell good. So enlightened, too. Plus, scent air diffusers fill your space with fragrance for up to 300 hours, and you control them right from your phone. I love unwinding after a long day with a joint, and setting the cannabis neutralizer when I sash makes my living room smell like a stroll through a citrus grove on a breezy day. It's so relaxing when I come over to chill at your place. Until Archie farts. <laughs> I bad. feel like the cannabis neutralizer helps with that too. It does. Try luxury home fragrance trusted by the pros by going to scentair.com and using promo code GRUB for an extra 25% off your first order. That's scentair.com. Use the promo code GRUB for an extra 25% off your first order. That's right. Right, but- Archie? Yeah. 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 Sorry about that. Sorry about my farts. I'm really glad you used Scentair though. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the Lasagna Ganja Podcast. It's the podcast that combines cannabis education and entertainment. And believe me, it's layers to all of this. I'm next to the Z exhibit. I'm Tammy, the Cannabis Cutie. And join us as we explore the world of cannabis from its history and culture to the latest industry trends and scientific breakthroughs. So whether you're a seasoned smoker or new to the world of cannabis, join us on the Lasagna Ganja Podcast. New episodes drop every week. So hit subscribe and come along for the high. Let's go, baby. (laughs) And we're back. 
And uh, we're back with another maple syrup update for those of you who hadn't heard us talk about this. Mark enough. flew one in. <laughs> Mark brought over his grade A, uh, very pale maple syrup for us to taste from Keuka Lake, which I happen to know is one of the uh, finest wine producing regions in upstate New York, as well as maple syrup producing regions. And um, we have to taste this so we can compare it to the golden color, delicate taste grade A maple syrup from my maple syrup grading sampler with the moth in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay that shit with the moth in it is so it whack. could be the moth that made it taste like that huh this is oh my god kiyuka like heaven in my mouth that is the best maple syrup i've ever had in my life it is so hands down delicious it's it's the perfect amount of burnt caramel oh. sweet but not too wow angels man. sing on high right like mm. Best, best. Absolutely. Thank you so like much, Mark. That, Mark, this makes me flash to making a huge cold vanilla milkshake Ooh. and adding a swirl of this in there yes. at the end. Like that, that screams like. Also for mm. my pumpkin spice latte hating ass, a fucking latte made with this maple syrup for fall or a chai made with this would be so delicious and seasonal and wonderful. Thank you, Mark, for um, bringing that in so that we could actually taste that this uh, is truly the best. And thank you to the College of Vermont for sending Mary Jane a moth inside <laughs> of a syrup bottle. Thanks, UVM. <laughs> you will be getting journaled. Oh journalized. My God. Oh, wow. Well, this is um, a good spot for us to uh, have our news story, right? Yeah. Rubble um, Gazette. Here, let me hand you my phone so you can tell me all yeah. the good things that happened in weed this week. Yeah. So we uh, covered this story and said we probably wouldn't follow up on it. And we're being very responsible in following up on it, actually, because it's interesting that Governor Newsom uh, just vetoed Assembly Bill 1207, which was that controversial legislation that was threatening to impose overly stringent packaging and labeling re regulations on the legal cannabis market. And there were a lot of founders who were coming out and saying, you know, I... <clears throat> as a founder, should be able to use my own image to promote my brand. And this bill, which was saying that you couldn't put any representations of people or fruit or animals or anything onto logos and packaging for legal cannabis products, they were saying that this would absolutely decimate a lot of their branding and packaging. And so um, Governor Newsom vetoed it and he wrote this letter. I guess I don't really know how vetoes work if they always write a letter when uh, one happens but no, he... i think they have a big red x like family feud right and then <laughs> they just hit the x i'm sure that there's a whole procedure when they veto something where there's always a letter my understanding yes. is is the letter is an x there's always okay <laughs> but anyway uh newsom wrote uh Assembly Bill 1207, he's returning it without a signature, and he says it, this bill defines the term, quote, attractive to children um, under the Medicinal and Adult Use Cannabis Regulation and Safety Act uh, and pro would prohibit basically the sale of cannabis or cannabis-related products that are attracted to children. But when voters pass... Wait, what? I'm sorry, what? So... I don't know. Mark's scrolling and I'm trying to read, but basically he's Instead saying... Instead of reading, tell me what... what I, like, yeah, what's going on? They said it doesn't count. Governor Newsom vetoed the bill. Yes. And also it does not... Those those labels, fruit, faces, it does not mean that you're trying to attract children. And that's what the bill says. was on. It, that was the guise for it, right? Mm -hmm. Got it. Sorry. I was like so confused and I was not sure what you meant. And so I had to say, what's going on? <clears throat> Am I right? Yeah. Cool. Okay, great. What's next? That's it. That's the news. No, it's not. There's one more. 
Oh, he also vetoed SB 58, which was the um, bill that would have decriminalized uh, psychedelic mushrooms, psilocybin and other uh, plant uh, psychedelics. And he vetoed that. And uh, I think that's interesting because when we were at the Oakland Psychedelics Conference, we heard a panel of people speaking about it and saying that it was ultimately really too flawed to pass and they didn't believe that it would pass. And so, uh, you know, when it happened, I put it in my story and a bunch of people wrote in on Instagram and they were like, Oh, fucking bummer. And I was like, yeah, I actually don't know enough about that particular bill to know much more than what I heard the activist saying, which was that it was largely, um, like it, intentions in the right place, but n not this time we got to work on getting it right to pass in the next session. I love how, <clears throat> the people at least that I follow and look up to in psychedelics, how honest they are about where psychedelics are as far as policy is concerned and like its seat at the table. Like the people I really respect and try and follow, like Reggie, um, a bit with- um, Reggie Harris. Uh, Reggie Harris, a mm -hmm. bit with Jimmy Devine in some cases. But like whenever somebody can come forward and say like, we got something across the, something came across the desk, this wasn't it, but awareness is growing. And I'm so happy that some people are like, especially in weed, some people are like, anything passing is a good thing because it gets us one step closer and then we can work within that framework to get all the things we want. And instead of taking the first thing that comes across the desk and being like, yes, we need anything to pass. Like we've seen what that's done to weed. Mm -hmm. Like it's made everything so messy yeah. and so um, sinister at times, the way people can take advantage of all of these loopholes. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for how psychedelics are shaping up because people are trying to do it right and call out when things are like, yeah, nice attempt, but here's the problems with that. And we'll go back to the drawing board. Like we've got time and we've got resources and we've got the energy to do this right. Mm -hmm. It feels really freaking cool. So I'm just like really glad when something like SB 58 goes across the desk and it's actually a celebration that it didn't pass for all the right reasons. Yeah. I don't know if it is a celebration that it didn't pass, but it's definitely like a, <clears throat> like a, a benchmark of like, we needed to get to here and then we need to actually make this better before we sign it into law. Okay. So like yeah. a second draft. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone was celebrating that it didn't pass, but I think there were a lot of people who were like, yeah, it makes sense. It was too, too flawed to enact. And as far as AB 1207 goes, what I was trying to say was that um, people, especially uh, people of color, founders of color in the cannabis industry were saying that they were largely going to be the ones affected by this packaging requirement that would have disallowed uh, faces of people and animals and other things on packaging and that it would have affected them largely as marginalized communities and people of color in the industry. And they were really glad that Newsom uh, vetoed it because, um, for instance, Supernova Women, who has this Instagram post that we have up behind us on the screen, uh, they're like founders of color using their faces to promote their brands. And so it's a really great thing that Newsom shot it down. That's awesome. Uh, I don't know if I like Newsom or not, but I like this. <laughs> I mean, do we like to do we need to like them? Yes. That's such a fucking American thing. I don't need to like my politicians. I just need them to be effective. Like, I feel like that was such a weird thing that George Bush, all those fucking years ago, the younger, what's his name, W, campaign on. It was, everyone was like, I want to have a beer with that. Who the fuck cares if you want to have a beer with him? I don't want to have a beer with any politicians. I want them to be effective at getting shit done. I don't care if I like them or not. I don't need to like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Is she good at what she does? Great. Is she not? Get her out of there, you know? I... 
I hear you, but I think on the drive to Oakland or maybe the drive back from the psychedelic conference, we were talking about like, when do you think the happiest time in America was? Like, when do you think like prosperity? <laughs> Never. And, <laughs> and like, and, um, and just like, like it felt like thrivingness. And, um, we both agreed that it was when Clinton was in office. Like it was a, like, I, I don't, I don't know all of the problems that I'm missing in that statement, but I do know for me and for a lot of other people, and I've asked quite a few people that people were like, yeah, when Clinton was in office. And that's the first politician I remember who was like playing sax and eating McDonald's. And it was more of a, um, it was more of like a celebrity book tour than it was like a presidential candidate. And, um, and I also think that that was a time when like things were really good in our country. So Hmm. I don't know what the correlation is between like liking somebody and, uh, prosperity, but that comes to mind as like my like argument against needing to like your politicians. Mm. So I mean, also, <laughs> Mark producer Mark says until 1999 when Fred Durst was the tipping point. Yeah, I loved Fred. Hey, hot dog water still stands up. I saw I saw Limp Bizkit live Durst, and it was so great. Did he run for office? No, but you know, Limp Bizkit changed the cultural landscape of music and changed everything. It was like crossover white boy hip hop heavy metal that didn't exactly exist in that genre before then, in my opinion. Limp and I'm sure Bizkit, somebody will huh? write something about someone Rage who I Against should the know. Machine. Uh, same time. Same time. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like that hallmark of like white dudes fighting the power through hip hop hmm. and guitar riffs. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I loved them as well. But like I, that, that, that's why I like need to like my politicians. I need, okay. I need to like them more than like, like you make me think of Michael Bay and how <laughs> absolutely horrific he is on set. Notoriously awful. Yeah. Didn't he make Megan Fox come over and like wash his car as an audition for Transformers? Like, I think he's, he's, yeah, he sucks. Yeah. Also, um, he yells at people. Yes. Okay. He yells at people. Yeah. And, and, um, there was an interview with TJ Miller where he had salmon or sushi with Michael Bay <laughs> while they were doing some movie together. And he was like, oh, like uh, now that we're not on set, like, why do you, why are you so mean? Why do you hate everyone? And he was like, well, um, every, if everyone has a common enemy and shit talking and it's me and I'm the director and everything gets done, then that means all the grips bind together. All the grips have a communal, like, fuck this, fuck that, but they all do their shit and they get it done and they're a group. And if every group has a common enemy, then every group can grow strong together and rise to the occasion. And he's like, and in an action movie, there's so many moving pieces, so many set pieces, so much that has to happen. And you have one take that if everyone is dialed in and mad at one person, instead of intermingling community people being mad at each other, then that means they can just focus on their job. And I'm happy to be that asshole because when the movie is over, everyone is super proud of their work. And I've worked with the same people for 20 plus years now. I mean, that does say a lot if you've worked with the same people for 20 plus years and your crew comes back over and over and over again. Sure. Yeah. I'm not about to say he's wrong because obviously he's got a track record of hits, but I don't name Michael Bay's movies as like the greatest experiences of my life when it comes to movie making either. So I'm not the person to ask. Would you vote for him for president? No. (laughs) Here's the thing for me and politicians. I grew up hating all politicians across the board. And that was largely to do with my father, who was a fisheries scientist. There were no politicians ever working in his favor as a conservationist or fisheries scientist. And I grew up in Newfoundland where the cod fishery in 1990 Um, There was a moratorium announced on the cod fishery, meaning that all of the cod fishing communities all around Newfoundland, this was a generational cod fishing place that I grew up in where there were hundreds of years of cod fishing. 
the cod fishery was so mismanaged by the Canadian government and overfished by both the Canadian fisher people and like Portuguese and Japanese and Faroese boats coming over. The whole thing was so fucking mismanaged that it collapsed due to government mismanagement who had not listened to the scientists and the fishermen. There was no reason for me growing up to ever trust any fucking politician, no matter what they said about anything, because the natural resources of the place that I grew up in with generations of fisher people was fucking decimated because of political fucking inaction and fucking it was terrible. Yeah. So that's the household that I grew up in. Don't listen to any politician ever. It doesn't matter what they say. They're always going to talk out both sides of their mouths. They're never going to be in favor of policies that actually benefit the people. Like they're true. It is always going to be a power play. It's always going to people be people trying to get ahead. It's very rare to have someone in politics who is working for the people, right? So like when you do get a candidate, for, like for me, when I came to America, Barack Obama was the first politician that I ever responded to where I was like, holy shit, like this person is saying shit that I can really get behind and believe in. I went to the inauguration, like I was so excited by Barack Obama as a politician because mm -hmm. I saw possibilities for a, a fucking new world, you know? When you look at his policies after he left office, a bunch of crazy, terrible shit. Yeah. Crazy, terrible shit. So like, I, I, I'm not a political animal in the sense that I, I don't necessarily like... I don't canvas for candidates or, you know, like active, like I don't get active on behalf of any one politician in particular. I believe in democracy. I'm obviously like a, a socialist. Um, and I believe in, you know, trying to enact legislation and like um, elect lawmakers who are going to like put forward policies that I can get behind and believe so in. So I pay, I pay attention to politics, but I don't care about the people themselves i don't need to have dinner with them yeah okay you know? really well said cool they're always gonna be assholes understood yeah. yeah 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 um yeah i have nothing to add to that <laughs> okay i like it i like it you know yeah. i'm sorry like i did days off for one second it's and fine. it's because i was thinking about like <laughs> if if gavin newsom could get something across his desk about maple syrup grading mm -hmm. and there is no maple syrup here though is there no but there's also no grading system and you know I, I need a little bit more clarity on it. And then I came back to what you were saying. <laughs> I would love like just a little internal uh, animation of like me talking, then slowly going back into the back and then like some like <laughs> just walking through your head, Mike thinking about maple syrup. While I'm like, anyway, and politics and <laughs> sexual assault. And feminism. Mike's like dreaming about maple syrup. Poor guy. Why do you do this podcast with me, Mike? Because I have the best time. I look forward to it all week. You want to get a different co-host? No. I'm not kidding. I know you're not, Sometimes which is I why I'm being serious. <laughs> okay. Jeez Louise. Jeez never. Louise. Never. Jeez Louise. Never. Jeez. Never, never, never. All right. It, you know, it possibly, uh, segue King, <laughs> it's possibly because um, I've tried to join the neurodivergent community on Twitter because I am oh so suspicious of Twitter right now. I, I think it's like... Man, I maybe it's how much weed I smoke. Maybe uh -huh. it's that I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart. But I got to show this to you, Mary Jane. Okay, is this let's cool? See it. Yes, I'll, I'll show you the tweet I saw, and then okay. I can dig into like wh how scared I got about like Twitter communities, especially Twitter communities, the platform formerly known as Twitter, which we just still everyone just calls Twitter, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go. Okay, I'm looking at a tweet from Allison Serafin. 
Okay. Any tips for moving and packing up a home with ADHD? I'm in a constant state of fits and starts with oscillating decision-making paralysis. I've done this eight times in my life, and this time is really, really hard. Okay. This is in a community on Twitter that up top I can see is called Neurodiverse Squad. Yeah. Is that the name of the Twitter community? Yes. Okay. 6,000 members and growing. Okay. I just... Say everything big, about it. Big blanket. Like, I don't like the idea that having trouble making decisions because life and moving feels overwhelming has now been labeled as oscillating decision making paralysis. <laughs> that to me is fucking nuts. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Oh, you mean like it's hard to pack up all of your boxes and figure out what moving company you have to use and how to get your stuff and how much money it costs and if you need renter's insurance and the fact that you're like, do I need all these plates or should I go to Goodwill? But when am I going to go to Goodwill? I'll probably just leave them in my trunk for the next six months and then they'll just sit there instead. Yes, it is hard to make choices. The idea that now it is called oscillating decision-making paralysis, though, I have a huge fucking problem with. It's huge fucking problem. I feel you on that so much. And I also think just like with an editor's eye. So I'm reading a book right now that's really instructive because I'm trying to write a lot more right now. And I'm reading this book that I'm really not enjoying, but it's also so instructive because reading it, I can see every piece of it that should have been cut. And I'm like learning about editing my own work and just thinking like you can say less and less and less. And in so doing, say much more, right? Like the best fucking writers, the Joan Didions and the Ernest Hemingways of the world were so compact and concise and lean with their language that it's thrilling to read. They don't have like all of the fucking flowery craziness. They're just like surgical with it, right? Reading something like this is just a word fucking salad, that oscillating decision-making paralysis when she could have just said... So it says, any tips for moving and packing up a home with ADHD? I'm in a consistent state of fits and starts with oscillating decision-making paralysis. She could have said, any tips for moving and packing up a home? I'm overwhelmed. Yes. Right? Yes. Is that what you're annoyed by? Or you're more annoyed by like not just the word salad, but the actual like you're diagnosing something that is truly not, you don't need to diagnose this. It's an, no, well, okay. So many of those things are yeses and also is it is a um, language of terror and fear. Paralysis wow, is yeah. a terrifying word. Right. Um, and so that's the same as like one of my big theories and one of the things that I think like Elon Musk is doing, all social media platforms are doing yeah. is like, I, uh, I'll talk out of both sides of my mouth very quickly. Disclaimer, neurodiversity, autism, being neurodivergent is a very real thing with very real, um, like not only, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it affects you and mm -hmm. it's a real fucking thing. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's not real. What I am saying is it does feel like social media right now is pushing this like neurodiversity where everything is neurodivergent. Oh, you listen to music at, you have to have it an 11 instead of a 10 instead of a 12 because 11 is a nicer number. I don't feel like that's neurodivergency. I feel like that is being fed to us through all these social media platforms and s groups like this. Okay, the neurodiverse squad we're and looking at here. one of my here. big theories is because so many kids are getting fucking hit in the face with all of this, mm -hmm. that it's also a way for pharmaceutical companies and for drug ads and for all of these things to start pumping in new types of medication to cover your... 
uh, decision electroporalysis and your right. um, inability for noise regulation and your ADHD uh, you diagnoses specifically being the main one that I'm hearing about, especially not just in kids, but I think in my peers as well. Like I'm hearing the chatter online from people in my fucking, you know, Gen X millennial world of getting a diagnosis and then being medicated for it, which I think is interesting because obviously it's a serious thing that you have to look at. And if you can get a diagnosis and medication helps, fucking wonderful. But also the fear that comes along with like, oh no, it's not just that like I have to move and I'm feeling overwhelmed, but I actually also need meds yes. for this. I think a community is great. I just don't even know if Allison Seraphin is real. It feels mm. like it was written by a bot who is now pumping the idea of oscillating decision-making paralysis as something that you may need a pill for in the future. That's what this feels like to me. And this group especially, it's like, it's everything at the top is like, oh, do you have oscillating decision-making paralysis? And it's like, yes. And then it's like the Kevin James meme. Like it's also so laid out where everything feels intentional. Like it's one big ad for one of these will hook you and one of these will make you feel neurodivergent. And one of these things will make sense and lead you on this wormhole of now being a part of this community. And if you need that help, fuck yes, get that help, get it from a yeah. real place with a real person. But also I feel like it's not always the case. Well, I think I, it's such, it's one of the Here, places- look at this one. I've spent the last four hours staring at the back of my eyelids. Should I salvage my last two hours of sleep? Why are you putting that online? I don't think that's a real person. I think that's a bot who's like talking about You Israel know that your Palestine. extended release meds have run out when you grab the wrong set of keys and lock yourself out of your house. No, that's actually just something that happens to people and you don't need extended release meds necessarily. You should just like put some fucking keys in a lockbox like I have because I lock myself out of the house all the time. Also, who knows? I've asked my therapist many times if she thinks that I have a diagnosis that could because there are a lot of things. So I've done the self-diagnosis for ADHD tests on TikTok and Instagram. And I've looked through them because I have a lot of, like, I'm very scattered. I am a procrastinator. I am a disorganized person. I'm all of these things. And I do have a diagnosis. It's it's post-traumatic stress disorder, a severe fucking case of it that I was diagnosed with a long fucking time ago. And she's like, that's your diagnosis. The rest of it, you don't need to self-diagnose with any of the other stuff. It's like, that's your deal. And I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I've, I've, I've had that diagnosis and I can um, sort of point to it and say, like, this is this is not me pointing to what is your joke about? Um, oh, yeah. A 16 year old with Invisalign pointed to the word tired. And I was like, oh, am I autistic? Right. <laughs> Which I always I think it's so funny when you do it. But also so I wanted to say, like, with this. So when SSRIs and um, mood stabilizers and all those meds came out like 25, 30 years ago now, I remember thinking and and like trying to write about it. And at the time, like I was in theater school, you know, I was probably 18 or 19. And I was like, oh, you know, is this like, everyone's just trying to medicate like the human condition. Mm -hmm. Basically, everyone's trying to say like, uh, like I feel grief, I feel sadness, I feel, you know, whatever it is. And like, I'm trying to medicate for that. And then that got super fucking normalized. And now we're just at the next stage of it where they're like trying to continue to medicate all of the, so you've medicated the baseline. Yeah. And now they're all of let's these get other, intricate. Like it's it really is interesting when you listen to yeah we've covered who, happiness we've covered sad we've covered angry we've yeah, covered grief we've covered depression now, we've covered depression so now let's really get into the nuance of the human condition oh like you don't know how to pack your house because you're moving <laughs> but you know also I mean you and I both know you and I are both in therapy you and I both talk a lot about mental 
health when we're together. And we talk to all of our friends who are in therapy and talk about mental health. And those of us who are and are not medicated or may or may not use cannabis for the various components of our mental health, the big conversation that I think happens outside of this country is how fucking deep the hooks of big pharma are into every American on all of the social media platforms, on TV, everywhere we turn, fucking billboards, the big pharma machine is marketing to us. And that yeah. is just not the case outside of the US. So yeah, I'm with you on this. Quick question. No, I'll be honest about it instead of put it on you. Okay. Uh, we had dinner this weekend. And one of the things you said to me was like, if you ever don't take your meds, then I just will not stand for that. And I won't be kicking it. I won't be around for that bullshit. Mm -hmm. So obviously, I am on meds that help me. And uh, we can both agree that is a very good thing for me to stay on them. Totally. Also, I have worked with tons of kids with autism. My brother works with special school district with kids who have severe autism, fragile X, some real, real like issues that need to be monitored. They need to be like pharmaceuticalized. They, they, mm -hmm. There's yeah. like things that need to happen. For sure. I'm not talking about that. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. Okay. That's all I needed to also say. For real. Yeah. Like good to add that context again. I know you said it up top too. Yeah. Like, yes. These things are real and important and some people need medication. We all need to be talking about it all the time as a real thing and not dismissing it. Because I think too, that's part of the whole fucking alt-right conversation is that all the fucking soy boy pansy asses need to fucking take, you know, medication for their fucking baby problems that's not what we're talking about right we're talking about the ridiculous oscillating decision paralysis <laughs> yeah also the word oscillating bothers me because i know it because of my fan in my bedroom yes oscillates yeah so the very idea that you're going to use my fan yeah for your scare tactic verbiage is upsetting to me also how can you have oscillating paralysis because oscillating is a motion and paralysis <laughs> is the lack of motion so that is a an oxymoron oscillating paralysis isn't a thing isn't a thing you can have i googled static it. paralysis you googled it what did it say oh no is it a real thing we're gonna get in so much trouble I someone's googled gonna it. write in and be like i have oscillating paralysis well, don't Fuck fucking you. don't fucking listen i don't give a shit i googled it okay oscillating decision paralysis okay is it a th what the, does it say? The problem, uh, this is from Stemline's blog. That's the best I can do. Oh, it's from a blog. Okay. Uh, the problem with oscillating decision making is that if it is allowed to continue, then no decision at all is made and decision paralysis occurs. Occurs. Many of you will be familiar with this from observing teams in emergency medicine. Okay. Am I paralyzed by decision making? And it's all just examples of choice paralysis, overthinking uh, paralysis, ADHD, and then it immediately goes into pills. Like yeah. it's it's uh, wild. It's wild. Like yeah. it's it absolutely feels like a commercial for things that are being manufactured, crisis ma manufacturing. You know what's great for oscillating decision making paralysis? Making one decision at a time. Smoking a bowl. Yo, that too. <laughs> Will smoke. Because the best part about that is truly. When I'm feeling overwhelmed by anything and I smoke a joint, I usually find myself in the kitchen contemplating the contents of my refrigerator. Beautiful. It's an amazing place to go and find peace. <laughs> I look at my rotisserie chicken. I come up with this soup recipe that I'm going to go home tonight and try. I came up with it last night when I was stoned. I was, I was like, I don't have the energy right now to cook this. I'm going to make this happen tomorrow. And I am. I'm going to make I'm going to make it happen tonight. But like that sort of like 
crazed feeling of being overwhelmed by everything for me really does calm down into I can't do anything about most of that right now. So I'm just going to like look at my dog, contemplate my fridge, go for a walk, drink this cold water, maybe take a shower and eat an apple. Mm-hmm. It's relaxing. What do you think if we could do a fundraiser to make a commercial for go outside? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what it's I'm saying? It's my number one thing to tell myself like and Like on else. Fox News yeah. after restless leg syndrome, having trouble falling asleep. It's like the opposite of that 10 p.m. Do you know where your kids are? Yeah. It's like, it's 6 p.m. Go outside. Go outside. <laughs> Take a walk. Yeah. Talk about your feelings with a trusted person. Great. Yeah. Love Eat it. Eat healthy and exercise. Drink water. Go outside. Yeah. Side effects may include a beautiful bronze tan. Yeah. Nice skin. <laughs> Calorie deficits. Sense of well-being. <laughs> Increased hamstring strength. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of ads right now for like uh, hymns and hers, which are those like uh, online platforms where you can order medications now without even visiting a doctor. Cool. Yo. Fun. Now you can just go on a telehealth platform and get ED medication. Really? Which I am in favor of. Actually, I did just make a, a sandwich video about the fact that they're now using a telehealth um, initiative in New York City to prescribe abortion medication to New York City residents, which uh, hugely in favor of that as a telehealth initiative. You have to live in New York. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's cool to but learn anyway, about. Um, yeah. So go outside. do you like French onions? <laughs> Love abortion and French onion soup. <laughs> We've got together, especially. Yeah, you know that's a nice. One night. doesn't happen without the other in my world. <laughs> You'll never know which one comes first, though. Uh, Is it the soup? <laughs> no, it's the abortion. <laughs> Not joking about it. It's a very serious topic. <laughs> Listen, is this salad corner? It's time to get to salad corner. Yeah. This normally would be creamed corner, everyone, but we have to get svelte because we have big news. Mike and I are co-hosting the MJ Awards. Man. <laughs> Segway queen coming Segway through. Segway queen is coming through hot. <laughs> we are co-hosting the International Cannabis Awards, the MJs, in Las Vegas on November 30th. Huge honor. Thanks to the MJs for having us. Thanks to Fairchild. Thanks to the Fairchild. Thanks to David and James for reaching out. And we are so thrilled to take the stage and emcee these amazing awards. And we have to look felt. We have to look chic. We have to look shiny. We have to look happy and healthy and glowing. So for today and maybe the next few weeks, Cream Corner is going to be Salad Corner. Salad Corner. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite kind of salad? I'm not going to say anything other than um, I want to make every kind of joke. I'm going to say- Oh, tossed. What I was going to say. Booty. Oh. Rim. Rim salad? <laughs> What's a rim salad? It's when you go around the edge of the bowl. Oh. And then you just like get your face in and everything in the yeah, middle? Exactly. Okay. I would say my favorite salad is the one that you just threw up on our uh, screen here. This is a frise salad with some lardons and some poached eggs, like a mm -hmm. really good country salad, which is a traditionally a French salad. Um, a little blue cheese in there, like a champagne vinaigrette. Yeah. I also mm. think frise is playing its... It's playing the vegetable lettuce game so perfectly. Oh, I'm yeah. always so excited to see it, mm -hmm. but it's not all over the place all the time like your iceberg or arugula. No. It's so confident, and when it shows up, you're so happy it's at the party, but it doesn't need to come to your party if it doesn't want to. I feel like Frise is like the dominatrix of this the greens mm -hmm. world, right? Like it's going to get you into a dungeon. It's going to kick you in the nuts a 
couple of times and then force herself down your mouth and you're going to be like, oh, I feel like you're electroshocking me with your fucking deliciousness. Yes. Ooh, that's hot. <laughs> that was hot. Sound clip that. Yeah. Yeah. I agreed. Ooh, with, yeah, with like bacon and a runny yolk as your dressing oh, so God. that the bacon grease mixes with the yolk. You, yeah. Mm. Break that yolk into the salad. I mean, anywhere you can get. I actually don't know where. I bet you could get one at Musso and Frank's. You could probably get a good country salad at Musso and Frank's. I'd like to go there. Yeah, I've Hollywood. never been. You've never been to Musso and Frank's? No. Oh, let's go. Okay, I'd love let's to. Let's find an occasion to go. I'm not drinking right now, so like I would really want to go when you can have a martini and like do do the whole like Oh, old is that part thing, of right? the thing? For me it is because it's like very classic old school Hollywood. You want to have like a stiff drink and like, I see. you know, an iceberg wedge. So they don't have like Ecto Cooler or anything there? No. Uh, what? <laughs> a high C ecto cooler <laughs> or maybe some purple sores Rex and a pint. Yeah. I don't think they have any of the LA. Like, I don't think they have the green juices and the chamomile teas. You don't know stuff. what purple sores Rex is, do you? No fucking clue. <gasps> it's the best Kool-Aid in the world. What is purple it? Purple sores Rex. Wow. If I can find it at one of the throwback shops on uh, Fairfax, okay. I will get you some ecto cooler and purple sores Rex to try. Okay. You probably won't like them because they do just taste like sugar in a... <laughs> Glass. I'll be glad but to goddamn, try. do you don't recognize Purple Source Rex? No way, man. I d I was not it allowed to have that. It provides vitamin C. No, I wasn't allowed to grape have grape lemonade. Cool it when I was a kid. Yeah. Wow. Understood. Yeah. So they don't have that at Musso and Frank's either. Huh? No, but I think they might have a country. So that's my top salad. How about you? That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, to me, a Caesar salad is the absolute pinnacle. Yeah. And I, but it's also like the craziest because it's the most simple, right? Like it's your parm, it's your crouton, it's your dressing, and it's your lettuce. It's Nothing better, but also unmistakably all about the Caesar dressing and nothing else. Mm -hmm. Like it's a bowl of Caesar dressing with a little bit of crunch. Um, what I am doing right now to get in shape for the MJs is I'm buying those big plastic containers of lettuce mm -hmm. and then I'm buying a big New York strip. And then I'm just like sauteing or I'm, I'm like cooking the New York strip to medium rare using the juices to like saute some like shallots and mushrooms and all of that. And then make like a honey Dijon sauce with that, with a little bit of white wine and a little bit of vinegar, Ooh. capers, uh, a little bit of cream. And then that's my dressing. And then I just like- Did you say a little the, bit of cream? Yeah, like jizz and stuff. <laughs> and then I just put the whole thing over the um, the plastic thing of salad greens okay. with the steak on top. And that's like my dressing. And so I'm just making like s steak in a sauce and just covering- and putting it over lettuce. That's the most masculine salad I could possibly think. Maybe with the exception of the cream, maybe. But yeah, but that's like to just smooth it out a bit. You could like not. Are you use talking that. like heavy cream? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but you could not use that, okay. especially the closer we get to the MJ's. But yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> wow. And then I take the plastic and I put it in a duck's mouth. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh. Fucking... I saw a woman recently, and I f she looked so rich. She's the kind of person who would be like, "I just think we should make straws bigger, then they wouldn't fit in those noses." Oh, know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, that I... kind of rich. Yep. <laughs> anyway, um, good good salad corner on both fronts, and I will say on on the Caesar tip, I love a Caesar because it can be vegan as well as it as easily as it can be just like a regular Caesar salad, and I never noticed the difference. And in fact, when we went to Pura Vida. I think I've discovered that you can eat almost any, apart from like animal protein, like a steak or a piece of chicken. It seems like nowadays almost anything can be made with plant-based dairy alternatives that taste as good as the real fucking thing. I don't need it to taste like, like the real thing. I just need it to taste delicious. Exactly. And there was like, the, the pizzas were amazing. And then you got a carbonara 
a plant-based carbonara. With mushroom bacon. Holy smokes. And then the salad, they had like an almond-based ricotta with a sitar dressing and like spiced pumpkin seeds. Anyway, I, I'm all about that stuff right yeah. now. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they did a carbonara and made it vegan because the whole thing is egg yolks. It was so yolks, rich. But yeah. it was so rich and so good. So good. I don't know. So, so yeah. yeah. Salad corner <laughs> ends up being about carbonara <laughs> cream. It's still cream corner. It's typical. <laughs> it's so funny. Listen, well, I, we I took this. We I, are who we are. <laughs> I didn't get this body by not eating. Um, I did pull up these pictures, though. Of, these are all Barefoot Contessa Ina Garten, Garten salads because... I mean, she knows how to make any plate of food look fucking delicious. And it is so much about, and I've learned this also from Lindsay over at F&B Radio. Shout out to Lindsay and her amazing plating and just her Instagram because she is always about the ratio. Like, and her everything, it always looks so luxurious. Like a salad is never going to be less than like 10 components all dancing in harmony. And I think that's, you know, what these pictures of the Barefoot Contessa salads look like as well. Like it's, this is really like, you know, radishes and lettuce and celery, but then obviously like plated with some glorious, like unctuous fucking dressing and, you know, some, maybe some salad sprinkles on there. Shout out salad sprinkles. And, oh, you know, from Wanamaka. Yeah. Yeah. Eat salad sprinkles. So uh, it's all about the proportions and the marriage of various elements together as well we're no gonna look so bowls. hot no no i'm done with them for now yeah also okay. my skin is really bad right now because okay. anyway so we're gonna look hot we're gonna look freaking for the hot MJs. if you want to be in vegas november 30th we'll be hosting the mjs and i cannot wait huge honor so excited to do that together we're yeah we're gonna look dewy we're gonna be in good moods it's gonna be a great time <laughs> Is your opening monologue, like my opening monologue here, we'll do one real quick, okay? Yeah, I'll be like, okay. what's up, MJs? And everyone goes, yeah. And I'll be like, so, uh, sorry we're starting a little late, but um, that's weed for you. And then everyone goes, ha, ha, ha. And uh -huh. then your joke is... Sexual assault is a problem <laughs> in the American <laughs> culture. <laughs> also, gun control. <laughs> and I don't care about politicians, but I do care about politics. Uh, make yourself a sandwich. <laughs> Our first award goes to Best uh, Tech. <laughs> outdoor organic flower. Sexism in the cannabis industry makes me fucking crazy. They're like, whoa, we hired the right. No, you hired the right person. You hired One the right them. people. <laughs> you yeah. hired the right people. It's going to be yeah, great. It is going to be fun. I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be yelling. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fantastic. Um, Do you want to do Buds of the Weekend? Also, yeah. I have a surprise for oh, you as yes. we do Buds. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I need my phone really quick mm -hmm. to pull up my Bud. But so... I don't know where it is. Oh, do I have it? It's under your knee. Your right knee. Great. Um, so um, I got a DM mm -hmm. and this person is my Bud of the Week this week. My Bud okay. of the Week this week. Shout out to Tom and also shout out to the... Um, the people he hooked me up with. I okay. want to find it. Um, Shall I do, I do one of the surprises? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it that way. So, okay. Um, oh, it's a my, whole fucking box. My homie Tom DM and he's like, yo, I want to get these to you. They're from my um, friend's um, company. Okay. And they arrived the other night and they are so good. And I'm so excited that I had to bring them to you to do an unboxing. Okay. So my butt of the week this week is Tom um, at Tom. I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce N-G-O. Is it Go. Um, I think it's no, I don't know. Okay. Let's ask. But it's Tom NGO 422. Apologies for not knowing how to um, pronounce your last name, Tom. Um, but he's a part of Mooney's Social and he's a part of Mooney's Bakery Club. Oh my God. Oh, Moon Pies. <gasps> 
Oh, are they infused? Yeah. Holy smokes. A 40 milligram infused moon pie. Hold them up so you can see them. Whoa. This is gorgeous. There's a whole assorted red bean, lotus. Oh my goodness. This must be matcha or green. Oh, black sesame. Wow. Pineapple. These are so beautiful. Isn't that the most generous Moonies thing in the world? Social Club. And this whole box is like just stacked with all these different flavors. So I'm going to give some out at the comedy store. Amazing. Um, but also I want you to please take as many as you would like because each of those mini ones is 20 milligrams. Yes. And then the big ones are 40. And I also I loved it because it says baked with love and then it says watch your dosage. Moon cakes are meant to be shared. Nice. So, or eat a whole 40 milli yourself or 20 milli yourself. I can't. I, 40 would send me to the moon, but, but I'll do 20 by those? myself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. So please check out uh, Mooney's Bakery. Check out my homie Tom and uh, check out Mooney's Social also because that's where all of these came from. Beautiful. I just want to open up. What is this special box inside the box? There's another. Oh, nice. There's a canister with some uh, tincture. Yeah. What a fucking prize. This is amazing. I'm definitely going to try the black sesame and pineapple. Take those with me. Okay, great. Um, so that's my butt of the week this week is Tom and check out Mooney's. Great butt of the week. <laughs> Can you be my butt of the week too, Tom? <laughs> uh, well, I have a great butt of the week, actually. My butt of the week is Little Lunch Coffee and V uh, and the whole team at Little Lunch. We had our show there, the My Sandwich, My Choice event. Thanks to V and her team um, because they give space to community initiatives, especially with female founded brands like, uh, sunshine brands, which is V's cannabis brand, uh, paradise club gummies, St. Hildy's, uh, infused tonics. We also had some stone road flower and we had Laura Ann's jams on hand as a sponsor as well. So it's just, you know, thanks to V and all of the amazing work that they're doing over there to highlight these brands and shine a light on, um, yeah, female founded brands and opportunities to support the community and, you know, cool stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, you going to do another one there? I hope so. Yeah, we're chatting. That it was a good great. time. I mean, it was standing room only. I think we were all like really, really blown away by the amount of people who came out for a show. It was really cool. So yeah. yeah. Thanks Congratulations. and everyone at Little Lunch. Great buds of the week. Yeah. This has been a wild episode. It's been hairy. It's been hairy. Hairy, right, We've, Archie? We drank moths. We, <laughs> <laughs> we got in fights. We got in <laughs> You got mad at me when I interrupted you during the news and said, what are you saying? And you shot me darts out of your eyes. <laughs> you, you shoot me darts out of my eyes all the time. Out of your Wait, own eyes? You shoot. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Dart shooting. <laughs> Well, we started spicy and we're in and sweet. Mm. So thank nice. you everyone for tuning in. Please, please, please take a moment to vote for us at the MJs for Best Cannabis Podcast. You can hit the link in our show notes and it's your last week to do so. Voting closes on October 15th. You can follow us at Weed and Grub on Instagram. You can follow us on TikTok at Mike and Mary Jane. You can email us at wgweedandgrub.com. You can show up at Mike's house um, if you know where he lives and give him some moon pies. Yeah, or if you want a moon pie, come, come on, on over. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.